Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to American Duck Radio, everybody. This is your favorite guy, Mike Phillips. I want to uh, say a big hello and shout out to all the new listeners that we picked up since hosting the Daily Mojo last Friday. Uh, sizable uptick, really. Like, sizable. A lot more listeners. Uh, several hundred, actually. According to the metrics, which uh, I have access to, <clears throat> according to sources and uh, analytics and metrics and so on and so forth. Which, by the way, uh, if it shows that we got several hundred, there's more than likely a thousand because uh, our numbers are uh, usually throttled, uh, especially in live listens. Uh, I several times had uh, probably about 30 people talking to me while the show is running live about things that I'm talking about while on air, and uh, I go and look at the analytics after that have been compiled, and it shows three. So, uh, you know, one in ten kind of thing is what they show. So, yeah. You're listening to American Huck Radio on the Mojo Five O Radio Network and World Broadcast Network over in uh, Europe and worldwide. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, BLM just got a lesson in how things actually work with Marxism. Uh, that one, I believe, is in the there's one born every minute department. Uh, the government of Canada, where I live, uh, is announcing that they are going to take your money. They're going to take your bank records. Uh, they're going, remember back in uh, probably like 10 years ago now, Greece did the same thing. Remember, they were announcing austerity. We need austerity. It's the brand new word of the day. Uh, a haircut. People need to take a haircut, which meant that they were going to seize people's bank accounts in Greece and Cyprus and only allow you a daily stipend to take out from the uh, ATM machines. Well, they're announcing the same thing here. That's happening. Uh, there's a, a black woman that uh, I absolutely think is a hero. <laughs> I really do. Uh, Texas has a brand new law that only uh, living people can vote in Texas. Apparently before now, it was uh, it was perfectly legal for dead people to vote Democrat in Texas. Well, Representative uh, State Rep. Babin 
Babin, Brian Babin, old BB, has announced, yeah, new law. Only living people can vote, which means no more Democrats in Texas. Sorry, guys. Unless, you know, it's Loading people program. coming Please stand from by. California. <laughs> comment section here let's be frank in uh, pennsylvania said that should guarantee alberta becomes the 51st state sadly i still talk to people about that and they say uh, no we we can't do it it's bad i know canada's is they're they're treating us terribly but i still don't want to be an american well a lot of americans don't want to be americans either so i guess you're the same as them speaking of uh, just such people. I mentioned that Black Lives Matter has uh, just received a humiliating lesson on Welcome to the real world, kid. Have a lollipop. This is too funny. Posted over at AmericanUckRadio.com. That's AmericanUckRadio.com. By the way, uh, to our new listeners that uh, came over from the Daily Mojo, uh, a big complaint I've been hearing about a lot of Mojo Five O shows is a lack of interaction between hosts and their listeners. Wow! Doc Thompson, when he started things out, he started uh, having people go to MeWe, which is a non-censored social media platform. And uh, I, I was looking at the Mojo Five O Me, uh, MeWe chat room this morning, and somebody made the quip that, uh, "Hey, look, there's only uh, uh, the, uh, the all three of us that use this platform are here." Well, I'll tell you what. Head over to the AmericanHackRadio.com, uh, American Hack Radio rebooted MeWe chat room, and uh, if you're looking for host interaction with listeners, you'll get tired of me real fast, and you can link up with that on uh, AmericanHackRadio.com. Uh, listen to this. This is uh, from AmericanHackRadio.com. While the Black Lives Matter network, global network, global, globally, uh, Yes, even in Sedan. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Idi Amin, he, he was all about the Black Lives Matter. Uh, led by trained Marxist. Let me repeat that. Trained Marxist. That should have told them all they needed to know right there. Patrice Kuehler's embraced the windfall of donations following the George Floyd protests across America. Local chapters say they were left holding the bag. <laughs> Can I just read that one more time? Oh, it makes me feel good. Uh, trained Marxist Patrice Kuehler's embraced the windfall of donations following the George Floyd protesters. There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Huh? George and his brother Pink. Across America, locals' chapters say they were left holding the bag. Hey! 
those guys took the donations and uh, they didn't give us any. Well, they released a statement. I'm going to read that to you. And I'm going to play a Beastie Boys bed music behind it because it's, uh, it's some, some jive turkey stuff, right? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's put that on. Here we go. Groove Homes by the Beastie Boys, everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's some good jive. Uh, it was, it, so this is from uh, BLMChapterStatement.gov. It was recently declared that Patrice Kuehler's was appointed the executive director to the Black Lives Matter Global Network, or BLMGN Foundation. Since then, two new Black Lives Matter foundations have been announced to the public. Ahem. A Black Lives Matter political action committee and BLM Grassroots. BLM Grassroots was allegedly created to support the organizational needs of chapters separate from the financial functions of BLMGN. <laughs> we, the undersigned chapters, not to be confused with the bookstore, believe that all these events occurred without democracy. <laughs> they want democracy now. <laughs> and they and they went actually uh, have a trained Marxist to take on. <laughs> In the words of Jed Clampett, we doggy. Now. Uh, We assert that it was without the knowledge of the majority of Black Lives Matter chapters across the country and world. We became chapters of Black Lives Matter as radical black organizers embracing a collective vision for the black people engaging in proactive struggle for our lives against police terrorism with a willingness to do hard work that would put us at risk. We expected that the central organizational entity most recently referred to as the BLMGN, would support us chapters in our efforts to build communally. Ah, there's no, uh, no democracy in efforts to build communally. (laughs) Since the establishment of BLMGN, our chapters have consistently raised concerns about financial transparency, decision-making, and accountability. Yes, from a trained Marxist. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Despite years of effort, no acceptable internal process of accountability has ever been produced by BLMGN. These recent events have undermined the efforts of chapters seeking to democratize its processes and resources. You can't have it both ways! In the spirit of transparency, accountability, and responsibility to our community, we believe public accountability has become necessary Uh, Just recently, yeah. As a contribution to our collective liberation, we must make clear, number one, Patrice Kuehler's as the sole board member of BLMGN. (laughs) It just gets better all the time. (laughs) Became executive director against the will of most chapters and without their knowledge. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you were looking for democracy and look what you got. The newly announced formation, BLM Grassroots, does not have the support of, was created without consultation with the vast majority of chapters. The transformation of BLM Grassroots effectively separated the majority of chapters from BLMGN without their consent and interrupted the active process of accountability that was being established by those chapters. 
Number four, in our experience, chapter organizers have been consistently prevented from establishing financial transparency. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Collective decision-making or collaboration on political analysis and vision within Bill MGN. Well, some black lives are matter more than yours. Patrice's. <laughs> Have a lollipop, kid. Number five. For years, there has been inquiry regarding the financial operations of Bill MGN. And no acceptable process of either public or internal transparency about the unknown millions of dollars donated to BLMGN, which has certainly increased during the time of pandemic and rebellion. Times of pandemic and rebellion. In which time the Marxists took all the money. <laughs> we just wanted democracy. To the, uh, number six, to the best of our knowledge, most chapters have received little to no financial support from BLMGN since the launch in 2013. It was only in the last few months that selected chapters appear to have been invited to apply for a $500,000 grant created with resources generated because of the organization of labor of chapters. This is not equity and financial accountability we deserve. No, you got exactly what you deserve. Because you're a sucker. Uh, they, they close it out by saying, uh, oh, that's enough with the music. Thank you. We, we remain committed to collectively building an organization of BLM chapters that is democratic, accountable, and functions in a way that is aligned with our ideological values and commitment to liberation. We will move forward with transparency and expound on our collective efforts to seek transparency and organizational unity in a fuller statement in the near future as we collectively determine next steps we encourage our supporters to donate directly to chapters who represent the front line of black lives matter hey let me let me tell you what'll happen with that the uh, organizers of the chapters they're going to steal your money cuz that's what they do and listen to this if you go into the uh, signatories of this statement uh black lives matter philly uh by any means necessary, or BAM of uh, Indianapolis, Black Lives Matter Chicago. Uh, what an oxymoron that is, Black Lives Matter Chicago. <laughs> I believe there were 30 shot uh, over the weekend. Uh, BLM Vancouver, Washington. Uh, yeah. Hudson Valley. Yes, they all signed on to this. An invitation to connect. That's pretty funny if you think about it. It really is. Uh, these stupid kids. I mean, look. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, you got suckered. Own up. All right. You just you got suckered. You don't have to do it again. But you did, Clarice. You did. And so, um, you know, learn. Learn from it. Now... Since I read their statement, I've got to, uh, I got to trigger them. I got to do it. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. White people. <laughs> President Trump. <laughs> Virus. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike Phillip. 
Brad Staggs. All right, you guys have had enough. Let's move on to our next story here about how the Canadian government is planning on stealing everything from Canadians. It's beautiful, I tell you. <laughs> I don't know who Akbar! American Radio. Ah, what a time to be alive. You know, all these Black Lives Matter guys, uh, they were getting money from the government. They were getting shielded from prosecution or even police action in the United States and here in Canada. And now they're complaining about how their organizers are undemocratic. The ironing is delicious. Now... Uh, the Canadian government is basically announcing that uh, if you have any savings, they're looking a ways on how to take it. Now, to be fair, uh, they pr- they prefer they prefer that uh, that it's voluntary. Okay, as opposed to what <laughs> you tell me. Uh, one of the most annoying voices in the world that a, a female could have is the Canadian. Uh, Minister of Finance. Her name is Christia Freeland, and I'm ashamed to say she's from here in Alberta in a town called Grand Prairie. And, uh, well, just listen to what she had to say here, okay? Just just give it a listen, and then let's kind of unpack, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll give her the benefit of the doubt on it, but we'll, we'll look at it for what she said. So l- listen to what this woman had to say. She's in charge of finances in Canada, uh, America's hat. Okay, so listen to listen up. Go. I want to thank you first of all for really zeroing in on the preloaded stimulus idea. None of us have a crystal ball, um, but economists uh, like Ben, like Doug, have been pointing out that some Canadian households, and it tends to be the better off households, do have quite a lot of money that they've saved because there hasn't been that much to do in the pandemic. And certainly it would be great if that money could go towards driving our recovery. And I want to make an offer now to all of your listeners. If people have ideas on how the government can act to help unlock that preloaded stimulus, I am very, very interested. Maybe as Doug Porter was suggesting, it happens by itself. That's the best case scenario for me. Okay. But if people have ideas on how we can really, you know, try to unleash that and particularly unleash it in the parts of the Canadian economy that really need support, tourism, hospitality, domestic services, uh, let me know. Okay. All right. Okay. So she just said that a lot of better off Canadian households have saved a lot of money. And we're looking at ways to use that in a stimulus package. She goes on to say, uh, you know, you could give her the benefit of the doubt and say, well, okay, what she means by that is she wants people to use uh, money that they've saved up because there was nothing to do during the pandemic that didn't exist in the first place, Uh, which, by the way, they're still locked down for. Not as much here, but whatever. Uh, 
you know, t- go and spend that all that money that you saved up on uh, tourism and, uh, you know, local services, things like that. But then she goes on to say <clears throat> that we prefer that that happen voluntarily. Meaning, uh, uh, what do you mean? And what if it doesn't? Ha- uh, happen voluntarily, which you prefer, meaning it's probably going to happen anyway. So what? Are they going to force people to go on vacation? Huh? You going to make me take any money that I've saved up and uh, go to Lake Louise to go skiing? No, that's not what she's saying at all. Now, that statement left on its own. You could say that's what she meant. She meant that she wants it to be used locally. So get out there and spend, baby. Well, then you've got this. And then if you put them both together, you have a big grab of people's savings. There's no other way to look at it. Special report from uh, Toronto Sun's Brian Lilly. On basically the Canadian government is going to change the law and force the big banks to hand over all of your private banking information. I'm not joking. Uh, Brian, go ahead with that, would you please? The feds want all of your banking information. What? Look, if I told you that Justin Trudeau and the liberals were designing a, a program, a law, a protocol to come and take all of your banking information, every debit uh-huh. transaction, every deposit, every withdrawal, every credit card transaction and payment, you would think I was crazy. You would think I'd gone off the deep end. I would. I was buying into some kind of crazy conspiracy theory. But in fact, it's true. What? A proposal from Stats Canada says they want to force Canada's big banks and credit unions to hand over the personal data, your name, your social insurance number, and all of your transaction details. Okay, so in the U.S., you have a uh, social security number. Canada, uh, they were not, they were a little more upfront about it. They actually called it the social insurance number or, get this, your SIN number. Well, now, uh, and I don't understand why they would have to um, go through the banks to get your SIN number, uh, being that it was the government that uh, gave everybody a SIN number because, this I mean, they've already got them. And so now they want to track your savings, your spending, and, uh yeah. All of which you would have to do if you were planning on taking it all away from people. Go on, Brian, please, would you? Yeah, thanks. For 500,000 Canadians each year, that means 500,000 in 2019, another 500,000 in 2020, and so on. Which means it'll be more. Why? So they can monitor consumer trends. Now, Trudeau was asked about this in the House of Commons, and rather than saying, hmm, hold on a minute, this seems like a breach of privacy. He talked about how great it was and Sweet. how it actually was protecting privacy. Now, don't try and fight back <laughs> against this, because if you do, Justin Trudeau is going to call you anti-data. I got to pause it right there. If you say that this is a bad idea, you're anti-data. You just hate information. You don't like it. Uh, bad news, good news, doesn't matter. If you think this is a great big WTF, you just... You know, I, I think you got a touch of the anti-data in you. You're, uh, what would that be uh, in an ist, right? You got racist. 
You have feminist, uh, a dataist, I guess. I don't know. But then again, that would prefer certain types of data over others based on whatever. Go on, Brian. That's because in his view and in the view of Statistics Canada, if they don't have this information, they can't provide the proper social programs for you. Basically, they want to know more about you so they can better tell you how to run your life it's more than a little creepy it's more than a little bizarre yeah and i never would have thought i would have seen this happening but it's I all would. within the laws the big banks the credit unions they're not happy about it but they may not have a choice the statistics act we had to and do it. the privacy act both allow for this as they currently stand but i don't think anyone ever ever envisioned the amount of data that we've got right now <laughs> it's all in the law, but I don't think anybody envisioned that they would actually use it. You are such a typical Canadian, Brian. <laughs> now that could just be transferred on a USB stick. It is beyond belief. It's the type of thing that Canadians should fight back on, even if Justin Trudeau is going to try and insult you and say you are against data like he did in the House. This is the type of thing that Canadians of all stripes should fight back against. This is a complete invasion of privacy. Trudeau wants to make this about collecting data. He wouldn't allow this to go on with a private company. He would call this an invasion of privacy. That's what it is for you. That's what it is for me and anyone involved because the banks will hand over our information and they won't even be allowed to tell us, by the way, the government's looking at everything you do. I already know. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's a good thing. They already are. They're just going public by now. Not only that, but any electronic uh, exchange of monetary anything worldwide is already monitored by the United States, right? The, the SWIFT system. We know they have that, right? So Uncle Sam already knows. But uh, Beaver Jr., is, uh, you know, gay socks there. They're announcing that, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to uh, demand that banks hand over all of your data, right? They're also claiming that, yes, you do have to give private health information to prove that you have an exemption to mask wearing. That's starting to happen. Very interesting. That's actually illegal. So uh, the law doesn't even matter anymore. To a lot of these people, they're just going to step outside of it uh, or claim that, well, I mean, that's always been legal. We're just going to use it now, right? And if you have a problem with that, well, you just hate data. That's that's your big problem. You don't like information. You don't want the bad news or the good news. Oh, yeah, and if you're asking for data... On how the liberals uh, wasted all your money on abortions in Africa? Well, in that case, they don't like data either. <laughs> liberals are the same on both sides of the 49th. Do not let them take over America. Over to a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back on American Uck Radio. Stick around. Patriotically correct. There's bad people in every profession, right? There's bad Domino's delivery drivers, bad auto mechanic, bad this or that. We're not going to compare law enforcement to any other profession any longer on this program because here's why. You cannot compare the occupation of a police officer to the occupation of anywhere else where there are bad apples. There's no way that there's this systemic racism within that field. There is no profession in the world that goes through more excruciating background checks, psychological evaluations, polygraph exams, 
examinations. Backgrounders go to every city that they've ever lived in, every job that they've ever worked. They talk to first grade teachers, neighbors, associates, possible associates. There are not a whole lot of bad apples in the law enforcement community. They're just able to slide through that. And through these interview process, you know, the, the dissection of their social media accounts and their Twitter, and it's all there. It's, it's there forever. And to insult them by comparing them to other professions, I'm just not going to tolerate it on this show anymore. Weekdays, 5 p.m. Eastern on Mojo 5-0. The star. It's, it's so bright now. We're almost there. Do you have the gift? I have it here. This is the place? I'm a little nervous. The angel said, be not afraid. Steady up. In we go. Welcome. Yes, welcome. You've come to see our son? Here, we've brought you a warm drink. Thank you. Thank you. Mmm, the aroma is wonderful. Better than these smelly animals. Or us smelly shepherds. What is this amazing beverage? Funny you should ask. It's called the First Christmas. A sun-dried Ethiopian coffee with warm holiday spices from American Pride Roasters. I knew a sun-dried Ethiopian once. Pardon me, ma'am, but do you have a bit of an accent? <laughs> Why, yes. I'm from South Nazareth. Wow. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Biblically great coffee. Dang it, Chris. Hurry up and open that door and get over here and help me. This cooler's getting heavy. Well, um... Yeah, I, I can give you a hand, uh, but I I locked the keys in the bunker. Dang it, Chris. We have to do off track in an hour. How are we going to get in there now? Relax. I got a new lock we can install later, but right now we need a battering ram. Hey, I know. Let's use the cat cooler as a battering ram. It certainly is rugged, but I don't think it's made for taking down steel reinforced doors. Man, relax. The thing can take 2,500 pounds of concrete with only minor scratches. We can definitely open the door with it. Rusty, grab the other side. All right. Well, we need a new door, but the cooler's good. Let's get to the studio. Get your cat cooler today at catcoolers.com. That's catcoolers.com. Cat Coolers does not approve of their product for use as a battering ram and cannot recommend you use it in any breaking and entering scenario. But it worked and it was fun. No coolers were harmed in the production of this ad, but the door is a total loss. Also, don't use it for smuggling a cat into New Mexico as it's against the law. Patriot Energy. When solar energy is done right, it can save you up to 30, 40% over your current energy costs. Call the professionals at Patriot Energy to get your no-cost, no-obligation layout and design. Compare and contrast the differences for yourself. Go to PatriotEnergyAZ.org forward slash Mojo50 to get started today for your Patriot Energy solution. G'day, mates. Tech Roo here on location in Australia in search of a rare and elusive wild hare. Most think you would find him when the sun don't shine, but we will find him right here in this primitive Aboriginal outback. I would never consider an excursion like this without my Patriot Supply Survivor gear in my pouch. No, not that pouch. I don't have a pouch. In my backpack. Besides the four-week emergency food supply kit that's back at home from preparewithmojo50.com, I've got an emergency blanket, my one-size-fits-all poncho, my snake bite kit, and my Alexa Pure Survival Spring Straw. Crikey! There's the wild hair now! Ain't he a beaut? Yeah. What's up, Doc? 
Find some great deals at preparewithmojo50.com. Listen up, you maggots. This is real food, real people for real men. This isn't some namby-pamby Captain Gay Sox cooking show. It's real food, real people. Real food, real people can be heard every day on SpooningRadio.com at 7 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern and anytime on Spreaker.com. So a, a QAnon follower, a, uh, a Chinaman, a Jew, an Iranian, and a Russian walked into Global News Central. And uh, this this I just had to cover because I, I went to uh, Global News this morning. I, I'm not joking. Top story uh, says that the, the, the Canadian uh, spy agency, which is called CSIS, CSIS, uh, is the kind of the Canadian CIA. Hi, guys. I know you're listening. Um, yeah. They have uh, released a, a declassified a report that neo-Nazis, extremist groups, Chinese, Iranians, Russians, and QAnon followers are pushing COVID-19 uh, disinformation. Yes, you heard me right. Um, and it's weird because the, the picture, uh, was on, uh, was, uh, of, of, of a guy at a Trump rally holding up a Q sign, right? That was, uh, oh, I just have it in that, uh, Michigan is, uh, locking down for another 12 days. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, serious like, Q followers uh, pushing bad information. Uh, and, and at the end here, you'll hear uh, uh, David Aiken, their Ottawa correspondent, and uh, I think he's their news director uh, for Global National, saying, uh, we have no idea just how effective this propaganda is, which is ironic coming from those guys because they are propaganda central. Uh, I'm not joking. So we've got the audio. Go on, Global News. Tell everybody how bad it is. There is a warning tonight about foreign entities suspected of spreading disinformation about COVID-19. The Canadian Security Intelligence Service has named a trio of countries, Iran, Russia and China, in a confidential report obtained by Global News. As David Aiken reports, they appear to have a clear and sinister objective. Stay at home. Wear a mask. 
<laughs> Avoid social gatherings. Canada's government has tried data. to be consistent in its COVID-19 messaging. We're trying. But foreign governments <laughs> hostile to Canada have quite a different message for Canadians. It becomes an issue of how do we as Canadians learn to live with this disinformation environment while still having confidence in our democratic institutions. Okay, I got to pause it right there. First of all, uh, that was some chick uh, wearing a, set, a headset, right? And so, like, they switch over to this chick, some woman, uh, wearing a headset, right? Because, you know, uh, Russia and China and Iran <laughs> are manipulating data, and it's causing us to distrust our institutions. And uh, well, we don't like that data. <laughs> Go on. The Canadian Security Intelligence Service, or CSIS, says China, Russia, and Iran have all been linked to pandemic yeah, disinformation campaigns. They've spread falsehoods about the virus and conspiracy theories, such as suggesting 5G telecom towers cause COVID-19. Oh, I knew it. The objective? Increase mistrust and suspicion in Western governments mm, and in yeah. Western public health authorities. Mm. They're very cheap to do. It doesn't cost a lot to Back set up to the a bot army the or to put out doctored photos or to spread conspiracies on a website relative to other kind of intelligence activities. Global News obtained <laughs> 170 pages of confidential threat assessments prepared by CSIS last May for the Prime Minister and all Cabinet members. Great. The records were obtained by an access to information request and parts have been heavily blacked out by government censors. Still, the warnings were clear. Russia was actively spreading disinformation, blaming the West for the virus as part of a broader campaign to discredit the West. China is focused on a propaganda campaign well, the enemy that protects now. its own reputation and domestic legitimacy while touting its pandemic aid abroad. As for the regime in Iran, an increased disinformation campaign seeks to shift blame for domestic shortcomings in handling COVID-19 to foreign actors. I think the most effective campaigns that are out there are ones Back to that the play the on previously existing grievances. Now, experts are divided as to how effective these disinformation campaigns are. But the concern now is that foreign actors may try to disrupt vaccination programs uh -oh. about to get underway here in Canada and elsewhere in the West. Donna? So you, you mentioned you, you listened to that audio on the uh, right that was that was global national so they aired, that aired last night on uh the television set and uh i i don't like that data i don't like somebody say data <laughs> there you go so um but like i said when, when you go to the actual article which uh peyton has posted over at americanocradio.com they actually tell you that it is qAnon followers and that Seriously, that the picture with that report is of a Q follower to several of them actually, and so you know, okay, that was the the audio, right? That was the audio right there. But just going to the article, I'm scrolling down here, right? Extremist COVID nineteen propaganda, for example, blames Jews, China and immigrants, and the government and social elites for the pandemic. <laughs> Chinese Jews. I don't hate Jews. I like apple juice. 
I like orange juice. Uh, but then it goes on in the written text of the article to talk about Q followers, right? The CSIS report referred to the QAnon conspiracy theory movement, which it said has been claiming COVID-19 was fake in an attempt to prepare for the imposition of martial law. So uh, what would you going to do? What would you do if the uh, pandemic was fake and you were going to bring about martial law? Well, you would seize everybody's bank account, first of all, and not let them have their money. That'd be a good start. And uh, I didn't hear that from QAnon, <laughs> right? Uh, but you know what? There's a lot of bad news, but it's actually kind of funny. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of dished on Black Lives Matter a little bit for a while there. But uh, there is a black chick that I think is awesome. Let's talk about her. American Radio. So, yeah, there's this black chick that uh, shot a guy with a chainsaw. <laughs> and she said, you ain't going to do no leatherface on me. Right? And I, I, this is awesome. This is like the feel-good story of the century. And um, if, if Black Lives Matter then you should be applauding what this woman did. Let's give it a listen, shall we? Because it makes me feel funny. On Saturday afternoon, 25-year-old Norma Nemox was being dropped off by her sister. That's when she first noticed a man standing in this window on the second floor. I'm going up the steps to my apartment, and then I see this dude with a chainsaw. I'm like, who the hell he think he is, Leatherface? And he looks at me, and he says, what's up? I'm like, what? So he comes out of his apartment and he's standing on the landing and then he says, get off my property. And I'm midway in the staircase and he starts revving up his chainsaw. Namak says she made it about halfway up these back stairs when the man began chasing her. Oh, hell no, not today. Remember, I was wearing my time on this man holster. (laughs) I took out my gun. As soon as he started charging down them steps to me with that chainsaw, I shot his ass. His mouth was gone. (laughs) He didn't even realize that he had been shot. So he's chasing me around the parking lot. And as we're going around the parking lot, I'm trying to get a clear shot at him. And then I think by that time, he realized that he was hit. So he took off running. That man, 41-year-old Daniel Stewick, left the complex after the incident. The woman says he got back when police were there, and that's when they arrested him. In an interview with LPD, Stewick claimed that black people had been stealing from him and that, quote, she was guilty because she was black. My neighbors knew he was crazy as batshit, too, because they said that all day in his apartment he'd been revving up that chainsaw talking about people stealing from him. Newmuck says she's contacted her landlords, but they haven't said if he will be allowed to return. She says it's no longer just a safety issue for her and her five-year-old son, 
but for the whole complex. So I guess when he saw me, he figured I was a soft target. Oh, no, 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 not today. I pulled my <laughs> gun and put that hot lead up him and put some on his mind that day. He ain't going to be trying to live out his leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre fantasies over here. Cook remains cited and lodged in the Lancaster County Jail tonight with terroristic threats as a hate crime, which is a felony. They better keep his ass in jail because he come back out here. This going to be a horror movie nightmare for his ass. He don't want to come back right here playing with me. <laughs> oh, I like her. <laughs> By the way, uh, it is now going to be illegal for dead people to vote in Texas. Uh, oh, man, the time is going fast. So let's... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, yes, Texas, Texas uh, Rep. Brian Babin introduces necessary bill requiring voters to be alive. I'm not joking. This is from OAN. Now, some people, like Attorney General Bill Barr, would have you believe the election fight is over and there's no widespread voter fraud that would have changed the outcome. Sure. But some Trump campaign lawyers are in Nevada today, challenging tens of thousands of votes. They're presenting evidence which reportedly shows that 42,000 people voted twice in the state. Over 30,000 voters had non-existent, vacant, or out-of-state addresses. And that over 1,500 dead people had ballots fraudulently cast in their names. Now, that last part is the major issue that has arisen at each of the hearings we've heard these past two weeks, from Pennsylvania to Arizona to Michigan and now in Georgia. One congressman is now planning to do something about this with his You Must Be Alive to Vote Act. Unreal. With me now is the congressman himself from Texas's 36th congressional Makes district, sense. Representative Brian Babin. Welcome, Congressman. Thank you. Good to be with you. Great. So tell us about this bill you just introduced. Well, the must, You Must Be Alive Vote Act, uh, H.R. 8830, uh, is, a, is a, sad to say, but a necessary item that we must introduce that is sad to uh, say. In, in light of the fact that we still have uh, a lot of problems uh, with a lot of perception out there by half of America that we don't have an open and transparent election process. And uh, you would think it would be unnecessary to have a bill like this. I, mean, I would. Without saying you should be alive <laughs> yeah. before you get to vote. You mentioned 1,500 people Tough, voting fair. in that state. Uh, and that's just one state. Uh, we've we've uh, uncovered some uh, fraudulent plans to, to uh, register a bunch of dead people to vote down in South Florida. Uh, and it's the easiest thing in the world for these local counties uh, to purge their li their voter lists of deceased individuals. All they have to That's do is to go forever. to the Social Security uh, system and, and cross-check against their deceased uh, uh, Social Security recipients on their list and then purge them off of the voter list. Uh, simply, it's just not happening. And so uh, my bill would, uh, would actually uh, penalize uh, these states uh, and these counties uh, from getting any kind of federal money for, from the Department of Transportation or the Department of Education uh, if they do not do so on an annual basis. Uh, we would not, uh, certainly not withhold funding from uh, law enforcement agencies, but for, for uh, transportation and, and uh, education we most certainly would. 
And uh, it's something that has to be done. This is not a bipartisan, excuse me, this is not a Republican bill. This should be a bipartisan uh, effort uh, to, to make this uh, election process a lot more transparent. Uh, when we have the perception out there by so many millions of, of Americans, 74 million uh, plus had voted for uh, President Trump, uh, uh, to try to clean up our election process. It is absolutely inexcusable uh, that we would have a, an election process in this country where we have, have had the peaceful transfer of power between presidents and administrations for 240 plus years. And now all of a sudden, we have an enormous number of, of individuals in this country that don't trust the election process. Not good. And now no. that you've introduced your bill, what's the response been like from some of your colleagues in the House? Is there a lot of support? Well, we've, we've got eight uh, uh, co-sponsors, original, we call original co-sponsors. We, we are still picking up uh, a lot of co-sponsors now that we've dropped a bill, we've introduced the bill, in other words. Uh, we, will, we, will get, we will get a lot more, and we're hoping that we'll get some Democrats on this bill. Everyone in this Congress, everyone in this country should want, uh, want an assurance that dead people are not voting. And uh, we don't have that assurance right now because so many of these, these voter lists have just not been updated. Whether it's intentional, and whether it's laziness, indolence, uh, or just uh, you know, nonchalance, uh, we need to make sure that these voter lists are accurate and that deceased individuals are not on their voting. Are, and, and of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg for this, this past election. Uh, we, as you mentioned earlier, we've had a number of, of thousands of people who voted multiple times, of uh, huge vote spikes and drops uh, that uh, you know had hundreds of thousands of people voting for Joe Biden uh, and and not voting no any, any race down ballot, uh, just just for Joe Biden. And this is why I think that uh, the American people don't have a lot of trust that this was a transparent election. And we better get this right or the consequences to our free democratic republic will be dire. What you could do is uh, put armed guards around cemeteries everywhere every single time there's election. And uh, that way they they wouldn't get out to vote. Listen to me. I'm sniffing like Joe Biden. Let's be COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, you actually need a law in Texas to say that dead people cannot vote. Okay. I've got a John Bowne report here. Tyranny is the new normal. I want to go that with uh, through with you, through that with you. <laughs> Look at me, the big professional tucking guy. Uh, yeah, but this is this is a really well done report. Uh, I'm a fan of, I, and I mean, look, we we use CNN clips, we use Fox clips. Uh, no different with John Bowne. I'm a I'm a fan, <clears throat> and this is a very well put together report. I got to say, it runs about five minutes long. Uh, let's switch gears and head over to this. It's titled Tyranny is the New Normal. Ah, Go ahead, John. Just how long can you apologize for tyranny before the apologies are worthless? I failed. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock admits his decision to fly to Mississippi to be with his daughter for Thanksgiving, even as he urged everyone else to stay home, was hypocritical. It's a mistake that I deeply uh, regret. I made a mistake. I apologize. California Governor Gavin Newsom apologized on Monday for flouting his own coronavirus I didn't mean guidelines. to be a hypocrite. Uh, and I made a bad mistake. Instead of sitting down, 
uh, I should have stood up. I made a mistake and I own it. Uh, and I certainly should have been more astute about the specifics of the regulations. I knew that there were advisories and I simply should have been uh, more astute to it. And after the apology dissipates into the ether, jump right back on your totalitarian horse and keep gaslighting the American yeah. people. Good evening, Los Angeles. Hi. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. Okay, thanks. It's time to cancel everything. Got it. And if it isn't essential, don't do it. No problem, buddy. Case in point, Austin, Texas Mayor Steve Adler recently made an international fool out of himself. I'm sorry I took that trip. I'm sorry. Uh, it was a lapse in judgment. And I want you to know that I apologize. Sorry. Austin Mayor Steve Adler is apologizing tonight <laughs> for traveling to Mexico with a group of family and friends last month despite urging Austinites to stay home. Whoops. I, I think as a leader, right, <laughs> you, 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 are, you have to live what, you, what you're directing people to do. Knight was in a webinar with Adler when news first broke of his trip to Mexico. He said he has supported family units dining out like when his daughter got married and joked, I'm about to spend the next 24 hours defending that. 24 hours later, his lame excuse of an apology had been tossed in the liberal dustbin of hubris history as he went back to his far-left critique of reality, quickly responding to Texas Governor Abbott's growing move to place law enforcement under the control of the state after homicide rates have risen to the highest level in Austin, Texas in over two decades. Forget about that. Adler tweeted, this would be unprecedented commandeering of local law enforcement. I don't like Our that state data. has serious challenges with too many uninsured, inadequate funding for education, and an insufficient pandemic response. They need to be our focus. Responding to Adler's lunacy, the Austin Police Association dropped the hammer on Adler's ignorance, stating, unprecedented was your action to eliminate 150 officer positions, cancel cadet classes, cut police funding, leave potential new hires stranded in Austin without medical insurance, adding to the uninsured roles, Look in the mirror and take focus. Some Austinites who are out early today collecting signatures to recall Austin Mayor Steve Adler. It happened at early voting locations in town. A lot of them are his friends. He went to Mexico um, and has um, proven that maybe this virus isn't really serious as it all as it's cracked up to be, uh, because he put his family and the citizens here in Austin in danger by doing that. Well, you go bankrupt, hiding like Chicken Little. Big Tech's puppet. Hey, Alex Mayor Jones Adler showed up. Laughs at you. Mayor Adler flies around on Big Tech paid for private jets. Alex Jones in his Local battle tank. level petty tyrants are merely mirroring the greater tyranny occupying Congress. The House just agreed to have the shortest work year in U.S. history in 2021. That they will probably become the laziest Congress. We have ever While Speaker Nancy Pelosi openly and arrogantly revealed that she led the House on a political goose chase when it came to the COVID relief stimulus that would have saved thousands of lives due to suicide and come to the aid of small businesses closing all over America. That is a total game changer. A new president and a vaccine. Nancy Pelosi's hot. So th there's nothing to <laughs> th These are different what, what was then before was not more of this. This is, has simplicity. It's what we've had in our bills. It's for a shorter period of time. But that's okay now 
because we have a new president. Not to accept half a loaf months ago when you said, I'm not going to accept half a loaf. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't characterize what we did before as a mistake, as a preface was to not. your question, if you want an answer. Our government is folding in on itself as absolute power corrupts absolutely. John Bound reporting. And there you have it. I mean, he hit on a lot of things there, but, uh, oh, yeah, these mayors, these uh, governors, uh, you know, some of them are trying. You got that state rep trying to make it illegal for dead people to vote. <sighs> Brother. Looks like we're running out of time. Uh, support this show by going to AmericanOcRadio.com. Uh, Rock Friday is going to be coming around. I haven't picked a theme yet, but uh, tell you what, we'll put it to a vote. Uh, go to the American Oc Radio rebooted chat room on MeWe and tell me what you want for the theme for Rock Friday this coming Friday. And uh, po- popular consensus gets it, okay? Coming right up on Mojo Five O right now with Jim Dawes. <laughs> oh, he's not that bad. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, Jim Dawes uh, hosted our last Rock Friday. And he gave a really great story about how uh, uh, Peter Frampton's band tried to steal his 15-year-old girlfriend. I guess that goes on in Atlanta, Georgia. Probably thought it was his sister. Stick around for right now with Jim Dawson on Mojo 5 Radio. We'll get to the Zoom America Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.